This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Crowley, great job with that one. Really like Tommy Birch. Great guy. Great coverage of the uh, I-Cubs. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 38. The Cubs fail in Philadelphia. And uh, in this segment, Crowley, we're going to talk a little uh, roster moves and do a little preview of the upcoming uh, homestand. It's a long one, too, this time. Well, before the game on Friday, Cubs, social media, Cub fans, and now around the world were enjoying seeing some of these roster moves (laughs) the biggest the one that we've been talking about for the while eric hosmer was finally finally dfa'd i have nothing personal against eric hosmer he never did anything to me personally or as an opposing player the guy made 170 plus million dollars in career in his career i wish him nothing but the best i heard nothing about the best but look he couldn't be on the roster anymore just couldn't it's time to kind of start cutting some of the fat here and getting rid of players that can't produce. He was high up there. His best years in baseball were long, long behind him. There's a reason that San Diego didn't want him. There's a reason that Boston didn't want to re-sign him. It is what it is. Every player has to go through it at some point in time. I wish him nothing but the best, no ill will, but I'm glad he's not on this roster anymore. Right. No ill will. Um, Hopefully this won't, shy other guys that are in his position from coming here. I do think it was a a little bit quick, but um, he wasn't doing anything. He was getting in the way, and he was there, so Ross was using him at times, and we all were wondering why he was using him, when he was using him. So I guess I'm going to have to agree that uh, sometimes you just have to, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to cut your losses. I think, too, Dustin, what kind of drives me nuts is sometimes if you, if you, sit there and you leave the guy on the roster. David Ross wanted to play him all the time. I don't know if that was Jed or, right. you know, what was going on, but as long as he was on the team, I thought that David Ross was going to kind of keep trying to play him way more than he should have. You and I talked about this. He should have yep. played maybe one day a week and, and he should have been on uh, playing, you know, maybe first during that time. And that's it. But that wasn't happening. It was this consistent playing him every day, putting him in, the, not every day, but putting him in the roster way too much and, and DHing him and doing all sorts of weird things that, you know what, if he can't, play him right then just cut him so that he doesn't have the option to play him wrong you know what i mean right he'll be just fine like you said made over a hundred million dollars in his career so he's don't don't anybody out there listening (laughs) feel bad for eric Hosmer. no now as i kind of thought the cubs did place cody bellinger on the 10-day il if if you notice this is a habit with the cubs Uh, everything looks like it's going to be okay and then a couple of days later they, they put him on the il this is retroactive to may 16th it's just it's just a smart move i mean if you miss a couple days 
let it, you, you need to let these things heal. Ross said the knee he injured making that incredible catch in Houston was responding slowly. So the Cubs decided to play it safe. Mike Talkman was selected from AAA. That gave the Cubs a lefty bat who can provide depth in center field. I know that you were talking earlier, Dustin, about uh, just, you know, not feeling 100% confident in um, Christopher Morell's defense. And to me, he is a third baseman. I hate trying to convert people to center fielders. Or, you know, I don't like that at all. So this yeah, is a center's leg- tough. Center's just not just to go out there and play it. No. Right. And and I, I like Talkman. He made a great play today. Uh, I th- think he's going to be good for depth in center field. David Ross said, though, about Eric Cosmer, super difficult conversation. He's been a big part of impacting this group since spring training. The way he comes into work every day, just an emotional day from that standpoint. That's probably the worst part of my job, having those types of conversations. He's a professional as I've ever been around. Um, in the 31 games for the Cubs, Hosmer hit 234, two homers, 14 RBIs. But I think sometimes, too, and remember David Ross, he wasn't a, a superstar player. He was a guy that w- was somebody that was a really good clubhouse guy, gave you, you know, kept professionalism in that locker room. A lot of people said he was the leader, the captain of that 2016 team. And I think that, you know, when he has to have that conversation, he probably remembers what that was like to be on the other end of it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's got to be, it's got to be a difficult thing, but uh, I guess that's part of uh, what goes into being a big league skipper, right? Right. And we talked about this on the last show. Keegan Thompson was optioned to AAA. Edwin Rios was recalled from Iowa, which surprised me. So the Cubs are playing one pitcher down. They have one additional position player. Uh, doesn't Keegan, make any sense to me at all. That doesn't make <laughs> any sense at all, the way this bullpen's been performing. I don't know if there was why anybody. Is Asad, why is Assad not up here? That that I could not tell you as of right now, but Rios, <laughs> Keegan's had a 422 ERA, 16 strikeouts, 14 walks, and 21 in the third innings. He had that disastrous outing on uh, Thursday. Uh, was it? No, it was Wednesday. On Wednesday, where he uh, basically gave up the winning runs and – you know, I just think that this was on the Cubs. I think they misused him from the beginning. We always said multi-inning role. They started playing around with that. I didn't like it. And hopefully he can get straightened out in Iowa. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll be back up. Yeah, eventually he will be back up. No doubt about it. On Saturday, the I-Cubs, and, and you just heard with the interview with Tommy Birch, they played a doubleheader in Indianapolis. There was a rainout the other day. And so Kyle Hendricks went six innings pitch, gave up one run on five hits, no walks, six Ks. In a 2-1 I-Cubs victory, uh, he'd be able to start Friday or Saturday for the Cubs uh, in that next series coming up. So just kind of be aware. I think that might be Cincinnati. So they go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, yeah, it looks like he would be in line to pitch in, uh, against Cincinnati. Not only that, Hayden Wesniski started game two of that doubleheader. He went five innings pitch, gave up no hits, no runs, four walks, and five Ks. So, you know, we're going to be watching Hayden real close, and hopefully he gets those walks down and we'll be Well, that's just it, soon. right? That's it. The walks is what really bugs you about the whole thing. Four walks? Come on. It's it's not just the walks, but it's also just how they're kind of coming about. You know, like sometimes you got a tight umpire or something like that. You can't have uncompetitive pitches, especially if you're a guy like Hayden. You, If, if a guy can just sit there and lay off and you're falling behind in the counts – you can get away with that in AAA. You fall behind counts in the major league. You saw what happened to Hayden. He's going to get whacked. Oh, yeah. Big time. So the Cubs have the Mets coming into town. 
thank God the Cubs are back after that awful, awful road trip that we talked about. The Mets last season went 101 and 61, finishing second in the NL East to the Atlanta Braves. The Cubs played the Mets seven times last season. They actually took the series four to three, but they lost three of four at Wrigley, but swept the Mets at Shea Stadium. The Mets lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Padres, two games to one, and owner Steve Cohen decided, I'm going on a spending spree, and that's what he did. Got some key additions, uh, center fielder Brandon Nimmo, right-handed pitcher Edwin Diaz, all of these guys that they uh, signed back. Justin Verlander, Kodai Senga, who we were hoping coming to the Cubs and that we'll see on uh, Tuesday. Jose Quintana, former Cub, catcher Omar Navarez, right-handed pitcher Adam Adovino, right-handed pitcher David Robertson, who the Cubs traded last year. Uh, you have Tommy Pham, Danny Mendick, infielder, left-handed pitcher Brooks Raley, and Elisa Hernandez. I think, though, Mendick just went down, didn't they? Or I'm not positive. I believe but. so. I believe you're right. But they also had some losses. Jacob DeGrom gone. Taiwan Walker, we just saw him with the Phillies. Right-handed pitcher Chris Bassett, James McCann, Seth Lugo, Trevor Williams, Trevor May, Michael Givens, Jolie Rodriguez, and first baseman Dominic Smith. So a lot of shuffling for the Mets this season. And don't forget, they were involved in that Carlos Correa craziness. He was on the Mets for a little bit until he wasn't. Right, right, until he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Crowley, I guess we have to do it, right? We got to look at the standings. Yeah, the Cubs lost 2-3 to the Phillies. Their record is now 20-26, and 26, season high, six games under 500. If everything stays the same, currently the Cardinals are beating the Dodgers. The Cubs would be in fourth place by percentage points. Milwaukee's still in first place. They're on a three-game losing streak. They were winning last I checked, 24-21. and 21. Pittsburgh, 24 and 21. So in second place, they're four and six in their last 10, same with Milwaukee. But the Cubs, uh, three and seven in their last 10, they're at 20 and 26. Like I said, the Cardinals winning right now, but they're currently at 20 and 27. And Cincinnati has dropped into the cellar. So it is no longer the Cardinals in the basement. We don't get to laugh about that anymore. In fact, we have to get worried that they're just about to pass the Cubs. Right. That's what we have to worry about now is the uh, Mets are coming into town, Crowley, for three games starting up on Tuesday. And, of course, right. you can hear those games on 670 the score. Game one, Drew Smiley. Right. The, the Mets are third in the NL East at 24-23. and 23. They're on a four-game win streak. They're playing the Cleveland Guardians tonight. They took the first game on Friday. We're rained out on Saturday, so I'm hoping they're tired. Yeah, double header, right? They got a double header going today. Right. So you take a look: Atlanta, Miami, then the Mets. You know, when we were frustrated about losing to Miami, sometimes there's teams that surprise you, and Miami's had a pretty good start. Philly has not, and you can see that Washington is clearly in the basement. So we can still be angry about that series. Uh, what was that? The beginning of May. So it is Drew Smiley taking the bump, Mr. Consistent, the guy that always keeps you in it. And, you know, he was the one that, you know, that loss, he didn't get a loss. He got a no decision uh, in that start against Houston, which was frustrating because he pitched so well and the Cubs really needed that win and did not get it. When you look at Drew Smiley, like I said, that start against Houston, pitched absolutely well, six innings, four hits, one earned run. And against Minnesota, he was the only one that did well. Six innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs. 
So uh, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to be at this game. So A, it's fun to watch Smiley. B, I am excited to watch Kodai Sanga because I have never seen him pitch before, and this is his first time pitching in Wrigley Field. He has that fork ball, which is kind of the ghost fork ball that everybody's been talking about. Uh, against Tampa Bay in his last start, he went six innings. He gave up three hits and one run with 12 Ks against the best team in baseball. So, uh, Dustin, I'm a little nervous, but 5'11 in Cincinnati, he went five innings. He gave up eight hits and five runs. So, who knows baseball, right? Right, who knows baseball. Um, Drew Smiley has been doing it for the Cubs, no doubt about that. I think he's even... He's as consistent as they come. Only Justin Steele is better than him overall at this point. And, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see Kodai Senga at Wrigley and uh, what that's like for him, of course, uh, hoping that the uh, bats wake up on the way back from Philadelphia and they can get to him. Well, as you know, nobody on the Cubs has ever seen Kodai Senga. So what would you put the over-under on strikeouts for the Cubs? Ten? Ooh, boy. that That's too high. Um. <laughs> I'd probably put it at eight and a half. Eight and a half. Uh, All right. Eight and a half. Over under eight and a half. Unfortunately, I probably right now it's uh, four twenty four on Sunday. After what just happened this weekend, I'd say over. Well, you take a look. The, the Mets have seen Smiley plenty, and it seems like they hit him pretty well right now. Uh, Pete Alonso two seventy three with a homer. How about Eduardo Escobar third baseman? 571, 14 at bats with four homers and four RBIs. Francisco Lindor, 333. So there's some guys that can hit him pretty well. So hopefully Drew Smiley can can just can keep doing what he's doing and and uh, hopefully keep keep the Mets scoring down. Right. Absolutely. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Game two, Marcus Stroman will take his 3-4 and four record with a 3.05 ERA. He has been fun to watch other than that blip in Minnesota. Against Philadelphia, six innings pitch, three hits, one earned run. That Minneapolis start, 2.2 innings, seven hits, six runs. That was the bad one. And against St. Louis, six innings pitch, four hits, two runs. So I'm looking forward to the Stro show as always. That you know, and, and I think there's just something. You know that Stroman has – a chip on his shoulder against Absolutely the Mets. right. There you go. That's where I was thinking, Crowley. You think he's going to want to just really stick it to him. He's a guy who I think holds grudges. Absolutely. Now, what worries me about this one is that the Cubs are facing, facing Tyler McGill, and we all know Stroman, other than the other day in Philly, has not had much run support. You're taking a look at McGill in his last start. He went against Tampa Bay, six innings, four hits, two earned runs. Against the Nationals, he went five innings, four hits, one earned run, and against Colorado on 5-6, only 4.2 innings, six hit, three earned runs, but he also had three walks. So he had issues with walks in two of his three last start, not against the Rays, but against Washington and Colorado. So, you know, I I would say maybe, you know, patient like they were the other day. I I thought that start that they had the other day against uh, Ranger Suarez was exactly the kind of thing that they're going to have to do. against McGill if they want to have any success uh, in in this game right here. So looking at the numbers as far as Stroman versus the Mets, Pete Alonso doesn't have a lot of at-bats. Eduardo Escobar, 17, but doesn't hit him too well, 235. Francisco Lindor, they love playing against each other. And, and I, I talked to Stroman, I interviewed him at Club 400, and he said Lindor was one of his favorite teammates. 
He bats 286 against Stroman. And then Gary Sanchez has 10 at bats, 200. So not a lot of guys have a lot of at bats. As far as the Cubs, they haven't seen Meagle much at all. Only Dansby Swanson seven times with a 143 average. So that, that the two pitchers and out of those two pitchers that the Cubs are facing, only one guy has ever seen either of the two pitchers. I don't like how this sounds, Dustin. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a recipe for a, a bad start to a home stance. That's what it, that's what it is. Yeah. Especially just... game three, right? Game three, we've got Jamison Tyone out there and uh, he's 8.10 ERA and too many walks and no confidence. Well, he, this is going to get interesting, Dustin, because you say that, but but it's also Carlos Carrasco is also having an awful season as well. Yeah. Uh, he's 0-2 with an 868 ERA. Now, the situation's kind of different. We all know that uh, Tyone only went 2.1 innings against the Phils and gave up six earned runs, six hits. Uh, first inning was just a disaster against Houston, 4.2 innings, seven hits, four earned runs, and against St. Louis, 2.2 innings five hits, four earned runs. So he hasn't gotten out of the third in his last in two out of his last three starts. So not good. That being said, Carlos Carrasco is a guy. I don't know if people remember this. He was uh, on the Indians roster when the Cubs faced them in the world series. And I, th- I wonder if he would have stayed healthy, if the Cubs would have been able to take the world series in 2016. That's what happens. But you know, he had an injury, so he was out, uh, to start the season, he had a um, right elbow inflammation, so he didn't come back. He had a, a, a few spot starts with the minor league uh, Birmingham Rumble Ponies, classic uh, <laughs> triple triple A name right there. And then Rumble he was active. Oh yeah, the Rumble Ponies. So he was acted activated May nineteenth. So obviously he was injured to start the season. Not to start the season. After a couple starts, they put him on the IL. And then he has just come back the 19th. So he pitched like two or three starts before he went on the IL. And then in his first start against the Guardians, he went five innings pitch, five hits, five earned runs, two walks, and three Ks. So again, patient at bats. This, I don't know if he's on a pitch count. Don't know exactly his situation, but you know that this is a guy that's not, a, you know, that's still trying to get back into it. So the Cubs are going to have to look and do something to get this guy out early. Yep. Let's hope. I mean, that you're going to have to have a crooked number, that's for sure. You're going to have to have some runs, no doubt. I mean, boy, I'm just so disappointed, Crawley and Jamison Tyone, right now. You know, he talks the talk, but he's not walking the walk, that's for sure. Yep, and he'll be the first to tell you that, but talk only goes so far, man. You got you got to start doing something here. Got to do something. Got to do something. All right, who's hot? Who's not, Crawley? Who's hot? Who's not? Well, let's go ahead and start with Seiya Suzuki, hot, hot, hot. He is eight hits in his last 22 at-bats, three home runs, five RBIs, 10 strikeouts to three walks. He's averaging 364, 448, 18. And you can't talk about hot without talking about Christopher Morrell. The no, guy he has, is hot. He is hot as the sun right now. Nine hits in his last 25 at-bats, but out of those nine hits, five of them are home runs, Dustin. So half the time he put makes contact, he's hitting a home run. Eight RBIs, 12 strikeouts to two walks, uh, but he's hit, hit slashing 360-407, but his slug is a ridiculous 1.040. Not. Um, when we take a look at the not right now, Ian Happ is struggling here, and when you look at Ian Happ, 
He only has four hits in the last 21 at-bats. Two of them are doubles, one RBI, but he's slashing 190, 280, 286. Matt Mervis continuing to struggle. Uh, he, he's had less at-bats, obviously, lately, but he's three for his last 16. Uh, he has one homer and one RBI in his last seven games, 188, 235, 375. So hopefully, like I said, coming back to Wrigley will do him some good. On the opposite side with the Mets, look out for Jeff McNeil, would you please? The guy has 20, he has 10 hits in his last 23 at bats, two RBIs. He's got three strikeouts and one walks. He's hitting 435, on base 458, slug 425. So he's not hitting for power, but he's getting on base all the time. Now, Eduardo Escobar, he's only had 13 at bats recently. He has five hits. And he's had one home run, three runs for 385, 467, 615. But when you talk at the not for the Mets, Brandon Nimmo is struggling. He has four hits in his last 28 bats, slugging 143, 172, 250. And also Pete Alonso is like Kyle Schwarber, one of those all or nothing guys. He Right now, he only has six hits in his last 25 at bats, but four of them are home runs with 10 RBIs. So he's hitting 240. He's on base 269, but he's slugging 720. So just your classic slugger right there. Right. And, he always seems to he always seems to do good from what I can remember. I, I'm not looking at any numbers. It just feels like when he's at Wrigley, he does well. Also take a look at Francisco Lindor. He he kind of reminds me in this Carlos Carrasco situation or not Carlos Carrasco, but uh, Carlos Correa situation where he's been struggling. He had a big hit the other day. I don't know if that's going to get him on track or not, but something to kind of just keep an eye on. Yeah, well, hopefully they all uh, are cold, Crowley. Weather should be pretty decent for those games at Wrigley. So uh, let's uh, get into the prediction, shall we? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the Cubs taking one of three. I don't like the fact that they just have no experience against pretty much all the pitch. I mean, two of the three pitchers. So that's what has me nervous right now. And then you have a, a tie-owned start for the third one. So that, that doesn't make me really happy. Right. I, I have to agree with you, Crowley. Not that I don't want to agree with you or disagree with you, right? But it's right away you worry about Tyone, but maybe because their pitcher also has a really high ERA in that one, maybe you could just outslug him in that one. Um, I'm going to say one out of three for sure. They're not going to get swept by the Mets. That that, that I know for sure. I believe that uh, Marcus Stroman, again, has got that chip on his shoulder. He's going to be pitching lights out against his former team just to, uh, just to shove it to them. So I'm going to go uh, one win, two losses against the Mets. But uh, that game three... Uh, go ahead and uh, bet the over. Take that money that you won on Saturday and hit it on the over on Wednesday. All right, we're going to pound the over. All righty. <laughs> hey, at least you got to have a little bit of fun during this losing streak, right? Right, it can't just all be Christopher Morell time, right? Can't be all Christopher Morell. All right, Crowley, that's a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow the socials, Fly the W on Facebook, on Instagram. You can email us, flythew670gmail.com. And now you can watch us, Crowley, on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. And you know what? The Cubs are coming back home. Don't worry. We're, I will be there on Tuesday. Grateful Dead Night. What a way to kick it off. I'm excited. Let's go, Cubs. <laughs>